Many diabetics experience dangerous fluctuations in blood sugar levels, but the problem is compounded when they don't even know it's happening. Dr. Simon Fisher explains his research to combat hypoglycemia unawareness, work supported by the JDRF. Examining the latest research and telling you about the latest breakthroughs, the Science and Research Show is on the scope. I'm talking with Dr. Simon Fisher, co-director of the Diabetes and Metabolism Center at the University of Utah. Dr. Fisher, before we get into the research, I wanted to talk about the role of nonprofit organizations. Your work is funded by the JDRF, and I think we're becoming more familiar with other visible campaigns, such as the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. It seems that these organizations are becoming more prominent these days. Uh, as you know, the National Institute of Health, our, our federal government, is under uh, a lot of financial restraint, and they're very selective of uh, giving out uh, money, and money's tight all around. So the actual rates of funding from the National Institute of Health has uh, not grown in the pace that research is. So there's an incredibly important role, and we rely on agencies to uh, fund our research. So the JDRF focuses on uh, type 1 diabetes-based research. Everyone has their own interest, personal connections to uh, family members who may have this disease. In our case, we're talking about diabetes. And it's very important for them to feel that they're doing something that is leading towards, uh, you know, a better treatments or a cure. And every agency has their own agenda, so to speak, that allows them to put money where they think it needs to go. Your most recent grant from JDRF is supporting your research investigating complications associated with diabetes. So it stems from this paradoxical observation that, that diabetes causes high blood sugar levels, but one of the major problems of diabetes is hypoglycemia, or low blood sugar. How does that happen? Because we're treating diabetes better and better and getting more and more aggressive and trying to get blood sugar down to normal or even below normal levels, the incidence of hypoglycemia, that's low blood sugar, has now eclipsed that of high blood sugars in terms of hospital admissions. So people are coming in now because we're treating them more and more aggressively. These low blood sugar reactions can be mild. I mean, they happen every day or every other day for people who have with tightly controlled blood sugars. The problem is, as it happens more and more, um, they, they run the risk of having neurological uh, problems. Again, what happens is uh, your ability to defend against this low blood sugar becomes impaired over time. Your brain runs almost exclusively on blood sugar. So as your blood sugar drops, your brain starts having problems functioning, sadly. Uh, you get It can be as mild as a confused, a little disoriented, but it can cause people to pass out if your blood sugar gets low enough. It can cause people to have seizures if your blood sugars get low enough. Mm. And a recent study we published shows that you know, low blood sugar actually is, is fatal. Uh, you know, if your blood sugar is low enough for long enough, you, people die. Wow. Now, normally people know when they're becoming hypoglycemic, right? There are different warning signs that the body gives you. Right. So you can imagine um, as your blood sugar gets low and your brain stops functioning, it, it's uh, a flight or fight stress response. Your brain activates the uh, your adrenaline, your epinephrine, your norepinephrine, uh, other hormones in your body help bring your blood sugar back up. What I'm studying in our laboratory is hypoglycemia unawareness. What happens is your body doesn't get these traditional warning signs. You don't get hungry. For example, you don't go and go, gee, my blood sugar is low, uh, and go get something to eat. Go grab a glass of orange juice, etc. Nocturnal, and that is nighttime, low blood sugar is particularly dangerous. People with diabetes and hypoglycemia unawareness don't wake up in the middle of the night. This leads to the unfortunate dead-in-bed syndrome, which mm. is as horrible as it sounds. 
Well, obviously, it's a very serious problem, and, and your approach is to study it in an animal model. Right. That's the novel part about our research is we've now created an animal model to investigate hypoglycemia unawareness. So the, the trick for many, many years is how do you get an animal model to respond to hypoglycemia unawareness? In humans, it's easy. You say, do you recognize that your blood sugar is low? And we lower their blood sugar, and they say, yeah, I feel, I feel horrible. And they go, okay, you're aware of hypoglycemia. For people with longstanding uh, diabetes, if we lower their blood sugar and they and to a you know low level, and they say no, I don't feel anything at all, they're by definition hypoglycemia unaware. Mm. Uh, you can't ask a rat. No, I guess <laughs> if, not. If, if they're how they're feeling, so what we've done is we've modeled this by saying what is going to help somebody if their blood sugar is low. Basically, they need to go and get food. So the, what we're doing is we're measuring how much food a rat takes when his blood sugar is low. Uh, and in our model now, what we've done is we make the rats recurrently hypoglycemic, similar to patients that take insulin every day. And if they, the blood sugar gets you know low one day or the next day, they're at high risk for hypoglycemia unawareness the next day. And that's what happens in our rats. So the, the rats who get food are aware, at least subconsciously aware of their hypoglycemic condition. The rats that don't eat are hypoglycemic unaware. Right. And so what the JDRF has, um, the goal of their research is to say, well, what can we do to make people more aware? So we're essentially what we're doing is a drug screen. We're giving many different kinds of drugs that act in the central nervous system to these rats, these rats that we've made hypoglycemia unaware. And then we're seeing which drug is really going to make them say, oh, geez, I feel horrible. I got to go eat. <laughs> and any drug that can help them um, decide to go eat is a drug which is enhancing hypoglycemia awareness. Now, I noticed in your drug screen that you're screening through drugs that are already FDA approved for other conditions. Is there a reason that you're taking that route instead of screening through new compounds, for example? There's several reasons. One is technically it's easier. These drugs are all FDA approved, so we can just pull them off the shelf and you know <laughs> throw them into rats and, and see if they work. Secondly, from a practical point of view, if we want to get something to a patient as quick as possible, if we find drugs that really show clear promise in rats, we can jump immediately to clinical trials because these drugs are already FDA approved. We can accelerate the pace of research and get it into people sooner rather than later. And what do you think is a realistic time frame of going through the screen and getting the, a drug to clinical trials? And so obviously these studies need to be done in rats first, then we'd probably do it in a large animal model, then we could relatively quickly move into a, a human model. So that's why, again, I'm, I'm trying to take my clinical experience and seeing people suffer out there with severe low blood sugars and they were admitted to the hospital, they were driving a car, they passed out because their blood sugar was so low, they crashed, they took away their license, and as a diabetologist, I want to get them... <laughs> back and functional and, and living a normal life. And what I'm hoping is that my study will have a translational aspect so I can get drugs into humans that might benefit them so that they can live full, uh, meaningful, and, and productive lives. Interesting, informative, and all in the name of better health. This is the Scope Health Sciences Radio.